Crunch Time. Crunch Time. You're listening to Crunch Time on Sports Radio 810 WHB. Crunch Time. Crunch Time. All righty, Kansas City. Welcome to Crunch Time. It is Tim Grunard and Frank Bull. Still down here at the Southern Command, getting ready to work my way back up north here in a little bit, uh, Frankie Boy, to uh, get back for the beautiful springtime weather in Kansas City. But as we know, the off season is in full swing. As uh, you know, you think about the off season in the NFL, you think about it kind of as stages, and I think we're through stage one. Stage one is kind of the combine. Uh, which ended last week, uh, pretty good combine, a opportunity for the college guys to go out there and show what they're all about, uh, both mentally and physically and probably socially. I'm sure that they're probably evaluating some of those guys for that too, but we'll get into all of that here in a minute. But we've got to talk about our great sponsor, CBD, American Shaman. Uh, American Shaman, remember, guys, it is Wednesday. I know it's Wednesday, but... Frank, there's something going on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday in Kansas City, isn't there? Yeah, they got uh, they got some stuff going. It's called the Big 12 Basketball Tournament at the T-Mobile Center. There you go. So uh, they'll be doing, uh, I believe, that uh, tomorrow night, uh, I think KU plays, what, in the afternoon? Yeah, I think right? they play at 2.30. So, uh, of course, A10WHB, the home of the Big 12, uh, they'll be down there in force. A lot of our personalities will be down there on the big stage in Power and Light. Uh, and they'll be out at the games. And, of course, uh, A-10 will be covering the Big 12 tournament for all our Big 12 fans in Kansas City and around the Metro. And, heck, in the, you know, multi-state area that A-10 uh, picks up. I don't know about you, Frank, but, you know, driving around to different places. Uh, up to Minnesota, you can get A-10 basically all the way to the Minnesota line going down to Arkansas, you can get it just about all the way through Springfield and all the way to St. Louis and even into Illinois. And, and heck, probably almost out to Colorado, They're one of the strongest signals around. So all our Big 12 fans have an opportunity to listen to the great coverage of the Big 12 on 810WHB. We want to thank our friend CBD American Shaman for sponsoring this show. And uh, they'll be down there in force for the Big 12 also. A Kansas City company. You can get 30% off right now at all the stores in Kansas City, in the Kansas City metro area. Just go in and say, hey, we're listening to Crunch Time, and we want to get some water-soluble, some gummies, uh, some topical creams, uh, or whatever floats your boat, Frank, as you know. Uh, great products, great people. Don't be intimidated. Pop on in there. Say hello to the great people at American Shaman. They will take care of you and give you 30% off. Yeah, and don't forget, go in and ask some questions. Don't be afraid. That's what they're there for. Uh, all the retail stores are very knowledgeable about the products. They'll even give you some free samples and let you try them right there in the store. Maybe take some home with you as well. Little packets of the um, of the topical cream for any joints that are hurting, like your knee or your ankle, your hands or whatever it may be. Just you know, check it out and see you know and see these products. We've been talking about them a long, long time and use the products and they really work. And I got to tell Jamie I'm a little low on my gummies uh, for my nighttime sleeping. So um, Jamie, <laughs> I'll be I'll be hitting you up soon. But they also have some big stuff coming up, Tim. 
We didn't uh, touch on that a whole lot. We didn't touch on the draft, which will be, I think it's 50 days from today, right in there somewhere. But CBD, CBD American Shaman is going to have a concert at the Voodoo Lounge at Harris. Uncle Cracker and CeeLo Green. Timmy's going to invite all his NFL alumni buddies. That is on April 29th. And then don't forget, and I don't have the exact dates of this, the localflavorkc.com, Tim. Um, yeah, localflavorkc.com will be on April 26th. Around 26th. The draft party, which is Wednesday of the draft. Uh, they're having it down at the beautiful old historic Firestone building. I'll be down there from 3 to 5. And, uh, of course, I'll be signing some books there. So pop on in and say hello. We'll be doing autographs. We're going to be kicking off. The draft weekend, uh, as we all know, it officially starts on Thursday, but uh, we'll be starting on Wednesday over at the Firestone at the Local Flavor. Go to localflavorkc23.com, and uh, you can get tickets to that. Pop on over. Start out the party early, Frank, as we do here in Kansas City quite a bit. And then, of course, on April 27th, uh, the Big Brothers Big Sisters, uh, something that's very close to my heart uh, is uh, having a draft party also, which will be combining with, you know, the NFL draft and, uh, remember, uh, drafting bigs uh, for littles. There's a bunch of littles out there that could use a big, and the draft party uh, will go towards that. Uh, if you're interested in checking that out, just go to their website at Big Brothers uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters KC.com, and uh, you can get some tickets for that, and it's going to be a great event. Uh, right downtown. And, Frank, I, I don't have the – I think it's at the uh, Big Brothers Big Sisters building, but I'm not quite sure. So I have to check into that. Like you said, it's 50 days away, and there's just so much going on. But I will be there from 4 to 5. And then, of course, uh, I'll be popping back to the local Flavor KC uh, party uh, uh, on the 28th to check in on Friday from 5 to 6 to uh, see how people are doing as they'll be in full swing. Uh, down at the Power and Light uh, for the big-time draft uh, extravaganza. And Frank, you hit it right on the head when you're talking about uh, the, the great party we're having. And this, this is kind of a celebration. It'll kind of uh, be the ending of the, of, uh, the draft uh, uh, experience in Kansas City. I know they do some stuff on Sunday, but Saturday is kind of the official, hey, uh, let's, 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 let's blow it out. And we're partying with the NFL greats at the Harris Voodoo Lounge. Uh, it'll be April 26th. I think it's from 5 to 11. Like you said, uh, CeeLo Green and Uncle Cracker will be playing. And uh, Christian Okoye and the Chief, a lot of the chief players are buddies with a guy named Blaine Howard, who also will be playing, a uh, great country singer. So got a little bit of everything. Got a little country. I got a little bit of uh, uh, blues. Uh, a little bit of a kind of a, a rap uh, with CeeLo Green. And then, of course, Uncle Cracker, who is a combination of everything. Who knows what Uncle Cracker is? He just <laughs> is uh, a great uh, 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 performer. Uh, then down there, you had Dan Salyamua, J.C. Pearson, Dron Cherry, Mike Bell, Sean Barber, Derek Alexander, Keith Cash, Carlos Carson, Mark uh, Collins, Anthony Davis, Kendall Gammon, and Danon Hughes, and Ted McKnight and Tim Barnett, just to name a few. There's going to be a ton of people down there. It's going to be a blowout. Steve DeBerg will be there because the next day we'll be roasting him. So I'll be right back there, Frank, uh, like less than 12 hours later to do something <laughs> for my old buddy Steve DeBerg. So a great, great draft experience. So if you're looking for something, go to the local, uh, what is the local flavor, KC23.com, if you want to go to that party at the Barlow Stone. And, of course, 
Party with the greats at the Harris Casino on the Voodoo Lounge Saturday, uh, April 29th. And uh, you can get tickets. Uh, there's corporate packages. There's single uh, reserve seats for VIP guests. And then there's limited, uh, you know, just kind of uh, tickets available still. So pop on over. And I think you can go to, it's called uh, SIDTPro.com, uh, I believe it is. Right, Frank, you have their website. Do you know what I do not. I do not. I never, that's the first time I've heard that. So Yeah, I, I don't <laughs> have the exact website. Either. We'll get more information. We still have time, but we're just got plenty of time the seed out there for everybody. Uh, I want to thank America, Shaman. Oh, by the way, the money from uh, this great event uh, not only got to obviously pay the performers, but we'll be giving money to the Derek Thomas, Neil Smith, Third and Long Foundation, and the KC, Kansas City uh, Chiefs Ambassador Foundation. So uh, two great uh, charities will be uh, receiving funds from this great concert. So come on out to Harris, and don't forget about the uh, local flavor, KC23, at the Firestone on Wednesday, Thursday, and Friday, Frank. So there you go. All right, so you're all up to date on that. Let's get up to date on the Kansas City Chiefs and the NFL year so far. On the 7th, which was yesterday, was the deadline for the franchise and transition tags to put on the players. Chiefs did not franchise tag uh, Orlando Brown Jr., Okay, so that was a little bit of a surprise, not really a huge surprise, but that has come and gone. So now you're going to wait a few days more. You got um, March 13th through the 15th. Teams can negotiate with agents for unrestricted free agents. And also on the 15th, the 2023 NFL year officially begins, and the unrestricted free agents can sign with any respective team, their own or another team. And, uh, you know, they'll just go from there. And then we'll then we'll move on from there. Like I said, drafts coming up next month and the OTAs and all those sort of things. Restricted free agents, offer sheets and right of first refusals and 50-year option deadlines and all kinds of stuff is coming up, Tim. But so far it was the franchise tag thing. Or were you surprised that they did not tag OBJ? No, absolutely not. I am not surprised. Uh, listen, I am one of those guys who would love to have Orlando Brown as a Kansas City Chief. Uh, I just don't think that you can afford to pay him at 120% of uh, the franchise tag. It's what they would have to pay him at because they franchise tagged him twice. So mm-hmm. that would come up to over $20 million guaranteed a year for that year. And that's a lot of money, fully guaranteed. The number was just simply too high for the team uh, to take uh, uh, that hit. Uh, That would have prevented them from really doing anything in free agency this year. Uh, I think they will negotiate with uh, Orlando Brown. I think they're going to make him a nice offer. Uh, I think they're going to try to sign him to a long-term deal, but they just simply could not tag him again. And, Frank, you brought up a good point. Uh, where do they go from here if they don't sign Orlando Brown and somebody else comes up? Now, remember, somebody else is going to have to pay him in, in, in the vicinity of $20 million a year to get him. So, uh, you know, that, that's a, a heavy price for a guy that uh, I think is a top five left tackle in the league, but he's not a top three left tackle in the league. He falls in the top five, but more towards four and five. Uh, he's gonna have to. It's a. It's a lot of money uh, to give to a guy, and then 
you know, how do you, what do you do with Smith Schuster? Uh, you know, they already let Frank Clark go. How about uh, Chris so, Jones? <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, you know, uh, there's a couple different options, Frank, and then I'll let you kind of touch on it because you brought it up during our kind of prep work, uh, talking about, well, you know, they don't have really have a right tackle, and now they won't have a left tackle. So uh, it is a weak market for free agents. So the best option, I think, for the Chiefs, and when I say a weak market, there's really not a left tackle out there that is really anybody is banging the door down to get. So where do you go? You go to the draft uh, or you go to a trade. Now, the Chiefs have a lot of capital when it comes to uh, draft picks this year. Uh, they may go and find a way to trade for somebody and bring them in. But I don't think free agency is going to be the answer for a left tackle. If they don't sign the land of Brown, it's going to either be the draft or trade. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree totally. Um, the draft class has three kids that are listed in the in the first round. I got them all here somewhere. Um, they have the three guys that are listed that will go in the first round. Problem is, two of them are going to go in the top ten, and the other guy is going to go around between fifteen and twenty. So you'd really have to move up to get either Paris Johnson Jr., the kid from Ohio State. Remember, Ohio State has the other kid too, Dewan Jones. And yeah. Sarin and I were talking about this yesterday. Why weren't they they any better? They have a quarterback that could go first. And you, what what was your problem this year playing football? That's got to be coaching. Uh, but the um, Paris Johnson Jr., Ohio State, Dewan Jones from Ohio State. Um, Paris Johnson is supposed to be the top-rated guy. He should go in the top ten. Then you have the kid Peter Skaronsky from Northwestern. Yeah, like they say that. he's the most pro-ready guy, but Tim, he's got short arms. He's oh, got the God. thing that Chiefs hate, 32 and a quarter. That's all he's got in his arms. But they still say he'll go top ten because his uh, fundamentals and technique is great, which says a lot about their offensive line coach, if you ask me. I'm not sure who he is. And then Broderick Jones, the offensive tackle, a big guy from Georgia. Um, they, he's looked like he's going to mid first right now. They're projecting Pittsburgh would be up for those guys, for him to help, uh, protect uh, their quarterback Pickett. Um, so we will just have to see how all that works out. So if the chiefs were going to try to get one of those guys and were really desperate, <clears throat> they'd have to, you know, package their first this year and maybe a first next year for, to move up to like number 10. Or right in that area somewhere, almost as high as they had to move up for Patrick Mahomes. So it'd be uh, be pretty interesting to see how they maneuver this or what happens now during the free agency before the draft and where they stand after everything happens here. So, But the Chiefs are basically down two tackles because if you're not going to sign OBJ, somebody else comes along. And like you said, Tim, the, the market's weak. And the drafts and the draft picks are very high. The the other guys, the really good players coming out of college football, are going to go very high in the draft. So you'd have to use a lot of draft capital there, uh, or uh, trade capital there, uh, to try to go up and get one of those guys. But the free agent market is not that great either. So Orlando Brown being out there, he is the number one rated free agent. So you know somebody's going to come in and overpay for OBJ. Yeah, most likely. Uh, I just don't think the Chiefs could afford to, to keep around for the kind of prices and they did it last year and they won a Super Bowl. So, you know, congratulations to Brett Beach for rolling the dice and saying, hey, we're going to put the franchise tag on OBJ. Uh, I mean, uh, Orlando Brown, yep. And, uh, and gosh, I 
I was thinking of somebody else, OBJ. Isn't there an OBJ wide receiver? Too? Yes. Odell Beckham Jr. Odell Beckham Jr. Yeah, it popped into my brain. I'm like, am I saying the right person? The yeah, Chiefs man. OBJ. I was reading an article somewhere, and cause I think Brett Beach was out there talking about, hey, listen, you know, we are going to see if we can find the best pick available, the best athlete available. I'm just not sure whether they could do that again this year. I, I, I think that they have – they have to uh, find an opportunity to go out and either get a tackle or they're going to have to find a defensive end now, maybe on the other side of Carlotis with, with uh, uh, Frank Carco. Now, you can find free agent uh, defensive ends and you can make it some trades for defensive ends. Uh, but, uh, you know, the tackle position, like we talked about, there's some issues there. Yeah, right. The, um, and the, the other big domino that they have to figure out here, number one, they have to figure out, of course, their their offensive tackle situation. But Chris Jones is the other big deal. You know, they, they're going to sign him to what will be a pretty hefty contract because I think right now somebody said he was second, but I think in probably what incentives he may be. But just in salary alone, he's actually uh, number three. There's two guys tied for second. And then the uh, the number one guy, of course, is Aaron Donald. Uh, sitting out there, and his his contract is you know way higher than any of these other guys. It's it's not even close. The Aaron Donald contract. So you know the, these guys. He Chris Jones is probably not looking for Aaron. Well, he might look for Aaron Donald money, but I think he'd settle for just a little bit less than Aaron Donald money. And just, uh, you know, to try to sign from there. But he definitely wants to be the second highest paid player at that position. And basically he deserves it, okay, because he is that, that good of a player. So right. it'll be it'll be interesting to see what he will settle for. But he certainly doesn't want to be in the mix with two or three of these other guys that he's in the mix with as far as their salaries are concerned. So he's definitely going to be looking for a, a bigger contract, a way bigger contract. That will hit on the on, on the Chiefs and how much money they'll have uh, and how much they'll, they'll be able to spend. So we'll just well, have to wait and see on him. Well, let's take, let's take a look real quick at this kind of personnel, and obviously we're not going to go through the names, but let's go through the positions real quick. And you think the Chiefs are okay or they need to go out and find somebody in the offseason? You're right, Frank. They have the 31st pick. They have 11 picks in the draft. They have one pick in each of the first three rounds. So they have a nice, uh, 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 you know, uh, stable of picks. Uh, whether they can package that up to move up somewhere remains to be seen. But you're right. They have a one pick in the first, one pick in the second, one pick in the third. But they have 11 picks overall. All right, so let's take a look at it. I think if you look at the cornerback position, there's some young corners. Uh, the Chiefs are pretty well set at that position. I know there's some really nice picks out there. And when Brett Beach says, uh, best best athlete available, a corner may be there. I just don't see them drafting there. I think they're okay. Your thoughts on the corner position, and will the draft, the Chiefs look at the corner position in the draft? No, the only thing they'd look at maybe down down the road for some backup, but they're they're good back there. They're good back there. All right, let's look at the safety position. Uh, you know, they went out and got Reed last offseason. Uh, they have some uh, – the Cook from Cincinnati – uh, and uh, they have, uh, you know, they've had they've had some good depth at that position. Uh, so I don't think that that is a position in need. For the first time I can remember, 
in the last, gosh, maybe 10 or 15 years. The Chiefs really don't particularly need a corner or a safety. Usually that's the position that the Chiefs always are in need of, and they just don't seem to be in need of that. I think they've taken care of that over the last couple of years with some young talent that has shown up and played well. Yeah, um, they are. They're great back there. I, I think they're great. They might need to add a little depth, but that is not the whole defensive backfield, cornerbacks and safeties. Uh, they are in really good shape right there. So scratch the corner, <laughs> scratch the safeties, quarterback, scratch the quarterback. <laughs> All right, so that takes out three position groups. You don't need corners, you don't need safeties, you don't need uh, – Well, not uh, high in the draft. You know, you might look at it when you're down the road on I either – I want to look at Marcus Mariota. <laughs> that's what I want. That's my green box statement of the day. I want Marcus Mariota as our backup. All right. All right, go ahead. So, running backs, uh, it's become a little bit more interesting as uh, uh, Clyde Edwards-Hilaire is – uh, probably not going to come back with this team. Uh, you were talking about McKinnon. Uh, do you have some information on him? Yeah, he's basically, I don't think they're going to re-sign him. I think he's going to be gone. I think he'll be gone. Well, now, he did a real nice job in, in the pass, you know, in, in, in passing uh, on the offensive pass plays. Uh, good receiver. He was a good pass blocker, but I think they, uh, they're they going to go with Pacheco and, you know, just go just go from there. I think they're in, I think they're in pretty solid shape of running back, and you can find running backs, right. okay? The most important thing is to find the guys in front of them so that those running backs are as good as they can possibly be as well. But go ahead. Yeah, as far right, we'll as – they yeah. get to that, but yeah, running backs. I think they're okay at the running back position. I think Jones will be gone too. So yeah, there'll be some new faces uh, in the. But Pacheco, I think, will be the face of the running back room, and uh, I think that's okay. You can go out and find a couple more guys, um, and they'll be fine there. So I don't think they need a corner. They don't need a safety. They don't need a quarterback. They really aren't going to draft a running back. So let's go to position. Hopefully, they don't draft a running back, especially <laughs> early. Go ahead. Let's go to some positions they possibly could draft at. Uh, let's start with uh, the uh, wide receiver position. Uh, your thoughts on the wide receiver position? Uh, is that a position if they, a really good wide receiver falls to 31? Uh, do you think that the Chiefs pull the trigger on one? Uh, they could. I think that position and, of course, edge or tackle. Okay, so they have three real spots for need. Now, if they sign, this will all happen, if they sign Juju to a contract extension and keep him here, okay, then they'll have MVS, they'll have Tony, they'll have Sky Moore, they'll have Juju, and then, of course, they'll have their number one overall receiver, who is Travis Kelsey. Could they use another guy? Yes, they could use another guy, especially maybe a big guy uh, and, you know, to uh, – you know, and plug him in there as well to add some depth. But they have a pretty good core of wide receivers. I'm not saying they shouldn't draft a wide receiver with that first pick, but I think it's just going to come down to other positions where they really need a player. And, of course, that would be offensive tackle and uh, defensive edge if they don't sign Chris Jones to a big, big-time contract. Yeah, and I and I like uh, the kid from uh, TCU. I think his name is Quentin uh, Johnston, uh, big uh, physical receiver. Uh, watched him play a bunch in the Big uh, Twelve this year. Uh, he may fall down in that position. I still would like to see Chief, the Chiefs get a kind of a lengthy, uh, uh, bigger size wide receiver that can do some more stuff in the middle of the field. I think with having uh, Tony. Uh, Smith-Schuster, 
and Sky Moore. I think you can get away with doing some of the stuff down the field. But, that yeah, so I agree with you. Wide receiver, uh, and once again, it fits into kind of what Brett Beach said, is he wants to find the best athlete available. It might be a wide receiver. Uh, I agree with you, Frank. Possibly an offensive tackle if they're going to move up. I don't think they draft an offensive tackle at 31. I think they have a possibility of drafting a, a left tackle in the first round, but they're going to have to package some picks to go up and get one that they want. Yeah, well, I don't think there's any doubt about that, and they they might not want to do that. Now, if they go up and get one, great, but they package some picks and move down, uh, Clark Hunt's not going to be happy. <laughs> if they, if they move out of the first round, so we'll have to see what happens, how much a battle goes on. But I don't care if I don't care who's happy or unhappy. Uh, just get the best players out there and try to make another run, another Super Bowl. That's uh, that's all the fans are really going to care about, and and Clark will get over it. Okay, no, he won't. so <laughs> no, he won't. oh, he be, he better. Frank, <laughs> yeah. Frank, I am telling you that uh, nobody will admit it out there, but. I have some good sources that uh, that uh, they have said the the Hunt family we want a first round pick. Oh boy! All right, uh, the draft is in Kansas City. Uh, we are the host. Uh, we are not waiting till Saturday to pick. That is not happening. Uh, so, uh, well, figure it out pick. is what basically what I, I I have heard. You know, listen, I agree with you. Clark is gonna always uh, rely on Brett Beach and Andy and the rest of that front office to make those decisions because he's really not a big-time hands-on guy. But when it comes to things like this, uh, he's the ultimate showman. He still is a showman. Uh, You know, he fought and scratched and screamed and yelled about getting the draft to Kansas City. And now that he has the draft in Kansas City, I promise you that they want to make some sort of splash and have a presence on the first day. Well, so I don't unless it's an unbelievable deal that they bring in uh, Tunsil from Houston and he walks <laughs> on stage uh, and uh, says, "I'm your first round draft pick." There's, they're not doing anything with that first pick. Well, I, haven't, I haven't heard the Texans say a word about trading trading Tunstall yet. No, no, now, they now they might because they're in dire need of everything, and they just might because they know he may be. You know, by the time they get their franchise squared away, he might be on his way out anyway. So they might look at it that way. And, you know, trading for him would get you some – would definitely get you some uh, draft capital. There's no doubt about that. But, uh, yeah, so – the only thing they could do to make a real splash would be to trade up. And that would mean maybe, you know, packaging their first round draft choice and maybe giving up one next year uh, to go get whoever they're trying to get uh, off of the market. But uh, right now, too, Tim, there's really no. And, and the reason they're out there looking for a left tackle, number one, they did not sign Orlando Brown Jr. to, uh, you know, to a contract and didn't slap the franchise tag on. And there's. Obviously, Brett Veach and his staff, they went out to the NFL, the other teams, and said, hey, we're willing to trade them. You guys interested? And there was no market for the trade. No. And no, so they didn't put the franchise tag on them. And I think they met with him on Monday, I think. I think the money he was asking for was too much. And he is just a slightly above average left tackle. And all those things have come into play. Problem is, he's the number one free agent out there. So that, you know, I I would not expect him to be playing left tackle for the Chiefs in 2023. All right. So we we think that a wide receiver is a possibility. We think that an offensive lineman is a possibility. 
Uh, we think that the edge probably going to be okay, but, you know, if somebody falls down to that spot, they could go ahead and pull the trigger on that. Defensive tackle, um, possibly. Uh, like you said, with the Chris Jones situation, I think they're going to try and sign Chris Jones. Uh, they're going to try and get him in a long-term contract, but you need another one. Uh, you know, and Naughty, I thought he had a nice year, and Saunders played okay. Uh, they have some guys that they tried to rotate in that position. Uh, but um, do you think that possibly – uh, defensive tackle could get picked in that 31st pick if a good one falls down to them. Mm, I think they have a lot more needs than at defensive tackle. Now, I think they have to, and, and this will happen too within the next 50 days, of course, before the draft, they're going to have to figure out who's coming back and who isn't on the interior defensive line. You know, Jones is going to be a signer trade. We don't know yet. And then, uh, you know, you got uh, you got Saunders uh, sitting in there. Uh, you got... Um, I'm sorry, you've got uh, Wharton and Dana are back. Right. Yeah, so, uh, you know, basically, for all practical purposes, they have some other guys out there they can be able to re-sign them. Uh, but the free agent class out there does not match up with the Chiefs' needs, and that makes this extremely difficult as well. Absolutely. So, you know, it looks like uh, best player available could fall into really a couple of different categories. Uh, you know, it could be listen, if somebody falls way, way down now. Uh, I know, uh, I think it's a defensive tackle slash defensive end from Georgia who's found himself in a bunch of uh, uh, issues with the law with drag racing and, and a major accident in the drag yeah, race. Yeah, he's not going to fall that far. That's the, uh, yeah. yeah, that's a kid from so, Georgia. He's not, yeah. not going to fall that far. Yeah. Somebody that, said right that, now that he went from five to ten. But something like that, you know, the Chiefs may have to take a chance uh, on a guy and, you know, bring him in here to Kansas City and know that that locker room is strong enough to, to handle a big personality with maybe some issues. I don't know. But, yeah, I think it's going to probably be the best player available, and it'll be interesting to see if the Chiefs do move up. All right, Frank, let's take a break here. We come back. Uh, let me talk a little bit about uh, Travis Kelsey. Um, do you think he has a future in acting? You can talk about that here in a minute. You've been listening to Crunch Time. All right, guys, welcome back to Crunch Time. It is Tim Grunard and Frank Bowe. Don't forget, 30% off all products at all stores in the metro area from CBD, American Shaman. That's right, CBD. American Shaman. And guys, don't forget, a uh, big concert coming up at Harrah's Voodoo Lounge with CeeLo Green, uh, with uh, Uncle Crocker, and, uh, and Bl- Blaine Howard. Blaine Howard uh, will be there, and there'll be a bunch of Chiefs players there, uh, ex-Chiefs players, uh, maybe some current ones, you never know. Uh, but uh, it's going to be a heck of a party. Pop on out. Uh, we'll get the website. We're just kind of throwing the throwing the seed out there a little bit and seeing how it grows. And, uh, but uh, it'll be a great event. And don't forget, uh, local flavor, KC23.com. Uh, pop on over there, too. Uh, great event uh, happening uh, with uh, the Firestone Lounge. I mean, excuse me, the Firestone uh, building. With the, you're going to call it the Draft Lounge, which is right by uh, Union Station. I'll be there Wednesday from 3 to 5. And then again, Friday from 5 to 6. So pop on over there, too. A lot of, lot of stuff going on, Frank. Hey, so 
we did not. I did not stay up to watch. You SNL, what? You what? But I, but I did watch it the next day uh, on the uh, replay. Uh, I thought Travis was great. I thought he was funny. I thought he was witty. Uh, I thought he looked comfortable. But I thought the writing sucked. <laughs> That's uh, that was uh, uh, Sarah and I. We we had the same exact reaction. The stuff was bad. His his uh, comedic timing is terrific. That's the hardest thing to do when you're in comedy, knowing when to hit the punchline and pause instead of you know rolling over the applause as you as you hit the punchline or laughter. And his his timing is great. He does seem extremely comfortable in those situations. When he was on Fallon, he got up right away and, and saying you know. Uh, you've uh, got to fight for your, fight right, to for your right to party. Yeah, and he was great there. So um, he's he's a natural that way. And he and his brother's uh, podcast is terrific. I mean, their podcast is great. And I think that has loosened him up because the NFL these days in the locker room stuff, you're not that available to the media anymore. You know, locker room's not open. you got to bring them. Well, it is open, but very limited times. And there are guys, the PR guys are standing right over your shoulder the whole time. And uh, it's it's sort of uncomfortable. And you got all your teammates around. It's tough to be real, you know, uh, <laughs> whatever, you know, glib. Uh, so him being in that kind of situation on a podcast with his brother and then uh, doing all this stuff, he is just an absolute natural. He's great. And you watch the commercials, you know, even when he does the one with uh, Patrick Mahomes. He's very, very natural guy when it comes to doing that sort of stuff. So, And he's willing to do it, which is a, a big deal as well. I thought his monologue was good. I like the way that he uh, talked about how his mom drove back his brother and he in the minivan after the game. It was a little uncomfortable. I thought that was pretty funny. Uh, that was good. I thought his monologue was good. Uh, I, I can't remember all the scripts, uh, the, uh, the different. Uh, well, he had the American Girl dolls, which was sort yeah, of, Girl, that was sort of creepy. Was <laughs> then, yeah. then the woman who had died. And he had her on puppet strings. Uh, that was, that was pretty funny. That was pretty funny. That wasn't bad. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> spend spend all the family inheritance. Uh, yeah. That was uh, yeah. That was pretty funny. And then so. uh, I thought the I, and I don't watch the show, so I had to refer to CJ and his girlfriend who were down here, uh, and uh, she watches that show. That uh, I guess if they you know go to a beach or something, and they're not allowed to have any kind of physical contact, and if they do, and they get caught, they lose money. And I, I didn't get it, and I thought it was pretty dumb. Uh, but she said, oh, it was actually pretty good if you watch the show. So I guess I'm not hip enough. Yeah, that, that and the girlfriend, the ex-girlfriend who had gone out with only once, and was uh, that the Heidi Gardner did the, uh, she played the girlfriend. She's from Scion, by the way, here in Kansas City. Oh. So she, uh, I think she's going to be involved in the big slick. So that's going to be pretty cool. But she would, you know, the gushing tears. Uh, from her, uh, that was uh, that, that was pretty. That was pretty funny. That was okay. But the best one was Creed Humphrey's deal, and uh, yeah. they and they eliminated that. <clears throat> Why did they eliminate that? I don't know. They 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 have a time schedule, and I think they just decided they were going to eliminate that. And I thought that was the best of the whole of all of them. That was the best one. But they just they ended up on the cutting room floor. So, yeah, that would suck. Yeah, that would suck. Yeah, you imagine, got that yeah, I'm sure you was like, they let him know before, but can you imagine if you're sitting there and you have all your friends around and say, yeah, I'm on Saturday Night Live. I can't wait for my skits to come up. You're waiting there and then it never plays. Well, the deal is, though, you can go to YouTube and see it. 
So that's you know that's the best part. Just put Creed Humphrey in there on Saturday Night Live, and they'll it'll flash right up, and you can watch it. So you really don't miss things these days. We would have never even known about that uh, unless. Uh, unless you know the Twitter thing had, they had the uh, the name on the door of the dressing room, Creed Humphrey. So you knew he was going to be involved in Saturday Night Live before, it, or you thought he was going to be involved in Saturday Night Live before it came on. Yeah, I thought Travis's monologue was great when he was talking about you know he got thrown off his he got uh, uh, penalized in high school for smoking weed and got tossed off the team. Then he went to the University of Cincinnati, got tossed off that team as well, and he goes. And I still got two Super Bowl rings, and his brother sitting in the front row, just you know, playing along with the deal. It was that was classic, and the look on his face was great. I loved that part. That was so good. That was really funny. So yeah, his brother, his brother's a good straight man. Yeah, he is. He is. The Travis. Yeah. Uh, so that was cool. It was cool to see a Kansas City uh, guy. I can't think of. I, you, Frank, you might be able to remember this. I don't. Uh, George Brett, was he ever on Saturday Night Live? Uh, gosh, not that I know of. Yeah, I don't think there's ever been a Kansas City sports person on it. Now, you know, obviously, you know, some of the New York guys have been on, and Tom Brady's been on, and Gronk has been on, or, uh, you know, the Mannings have been on. But uh, I can't think of any Kansas City guy. Maybe I missed something. Yeah, J- Joe Montana was never on, was he? Even when he was a, you know, a 49er? I, I, you know what? I, was, I, I thought about that, too. And I don't think so. And I'm wondering, you know, um, I'm wondering, you know, not that Travis Kelsey is kind of uh, uh, the second choice, but I'm wondering if SNL asked Patrick Mahomes first and he said no. You know what? I don't think so. I think they liked – <clears throat> I think they they had it in their mind to do uh, Kelsey the whole time. Yeah, I Probably, do. So. Uh, it writes itself with the brother thing and all that. So, <laughs> you know, uh, but uh, I thought he did a great job. That show is just terrible now. It, it really is. I mean, um, I was a huge fan, and, and you know, I, I think I've told you this story before, Frank. And growing up, my father was a Chicago policeman, so he worked nights. I uh, worked uh, midnight to 8 in the morning, and my mom worked uh, like 3 to 11. So uh, most of the time on uh, dinner time or, or you know, after dinner kind of deal was more the dad time. And then, you know, uh, in the mornings, obviously, you know, we're in school, you're in school, but when you're right. not, you know, kind of dad, mom time. So, you know, they work different shifts, different hours. Uh, but one of the things that we would always do, and this is one of my fondest memories, is we watched Saturday Night Live. So in, in the house I grew up in, there was it was a three-story house. It was an older Chicago-style bungalow, but it had three stories. And the middle story was where the TV room was, the bathroom, and then my brother's room, and then my mom and dad's room, and my room were on the, the top floor. Uh, and then obviously the kitchen and the dining room and all that were on the first floor. But uh, every Saturday Night Live, every Saturday night, we would watch Saturday Night Live. And this was back with, you know, uh, Belushi and yeah, the good the good years. Oh man! So I mean, we look forward to that. I mean, that was the big thing. I mean, I remember sitting on the floor. You know, my dad would have an old style in his hand, and uh, <laughs> I loved and, old styles. <laughs> and uh, you know, he had this uh, in the summer. He would say, "Make a run," and for me, that meant I had to go run down and get him another beer. In the winter, he would put the beer on the window sill and close the window. 
and then open it up, and it would stay cold. <laughs> Dad, Dad's a man after my own heart there. Yeah, so you'd say, make a run, and I'd have to go run down and get it. But then he would say, I'm timing you, and obviously he never was. But, uh, but uh, so yeah. uh, Saturday Night Live would come on, and uh, my mom would be getting home around 11 o'clock. Uh, now probably about 11.30, so right around the end of the show. Uh, but uh, my dad would, every Saturday night, uh, while Saturday Night Live was going on, he would sneak out of the, of the room, and he would go and cook a John's Pizza. Oh, wow. John's Pizzas? I do not, know. Yeah, just like a frozen pizza called John's Pizza. I don't even know if they still have them. Uh, but they're just a little frozen pizza. And that was, and we would, my, he'd come back up and sit down and maybe have a fresh uh, adult beverage in his hand while watching. And, and we'd smell that pizza cooking and we knew, all right, here we go, the pizza's coming. <laughs> so uh, great memories of watching Saturday yeah. Night Live. Well, here's the deal now. I do have a list. Uh, uh, Joe Montana was a host at one time. Peyton Manning, LeBron James, Charles Barkley, Derek Jeter, Eli Manning, Dwayne Johnson, Chris Everett, Deion Sanders, John Madden, Joe Montana, George Foreman, Wayne Gretzky, Fran Tarkenton, J.J. Watt, O.J. Simpson, Alex Karras, Bob Euchre, Billy Martin, Nancy Kerrigan, Jeff Gordon, Andy Roddick. Uh, Mr. T, Marvelous Marvin Hagler, Lance Armstrong, George Steinbrenner, Carl Weathers. So there's there's a grouping of your Saturday Night Live athlete hosts. Yeah, God, I I have to go back and watch the Montana one. I, I don't I don't remember ever seeing that one. Yeah, I don't know Joe, Joe, one of the greatest quarterbacks of all time, but I don't think his personality fit a show like that. You know, <laughs> no, no. So. Not not the personality that he showed in public, anyways. No, yeah, I'm sure he. Uh, I'm sure he had a pretty good personality. Otherwise, I'm I'm pretty sure that happened. That's for sure. Uh, so, but it was fun watching that. That was fun to see the Chiefs get that kind of recognition, and you know, it's going to give all the fans and the other fan bases another reason to hate the Kansas City Chiefs. So. That's coming. Yeah. I mean, it started this year, and now it's going to um, <clears throat> really ramp up. But the best part about it is, uh, you know, they can, you know, stick it because that's just the way it is. You're just going to have to, as Mitch Holder said, after the game, you're going to have to deal with the Chiefs, you know. so yeah. And Mahomes is, by the way, contract's good through 2032, so he's going to be here for a while. So that, that ain't going anywhere anytime soon. So uh, Absolutely. There's no – there's no worry about him, but uh, I, I will say that uh, uh, I think Patrick would. It'd be fun to watch Patrick Mahomes. I, I think he he would do good on uh, Saturday Night Live. Oh, I do too. I think he'd be great. I wouldn't be surprised if uh, if uh, someday he is on. Hey, so um, Frank, um, some rumors. I guess you know. I guess the whole rumor. Mill always bubbles up around this time of well, the year. Well, here's the deal. Hold the rumor mill until next segment. Okay. We'll take a quick break here. You're listening to Crunch Time. Hi, guys. Welcome back to Crunch Time. It is Tim Grunard and Frank Ball. And appreciate you guys listening on a Wednesday. And, of course, uh, the Big 12 will be hopping and popping and rolling in Kansas City on Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. And then uh, Selection Sunday. Uh, Is there a championship on Saturday or Sunday in the Big 12? Uh, Saturday. Yeah, that's what I thought. Mm -hmm. Uh, But Selection Sunday, some other teams have their uh, championship on Sunday, uh, which will be fun. You know, March Madness, got to love it. It's a great time of the year. 
Also, a great time of the year is uh, the rumor mills that start to pop up at this time of the year. Now the free agency is basically starting to get into full swing. Frank, uh, just going to uh, uh, read a couple off and you say, no way, Jose, or maybe. <laughs> how about, uh, how about just think, rumors? Uh, what do you think about Hopkins from the uh, the Cardinals coming to Kansas City? Well, that'd be great, but that ain't going to happen. <laughs> All right. Uh, Lazard from uh, Green Bay, another wide receiver. Rumor has it that uh, uh, Valdez Scantlin is recruiting him. Uh, thoughts on Lazard coming to Kansas City? Uh, it's bizarre that uh, MVS would try to take catches away from himself <laughs> to go with Lazard. But they could certainly use another veteran wide receiver. I don't know. That's probably a little bit out there as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. Allen Robertson is another guy that's uh, from the Rams. Uh, that uh, is rumored to have interest in Kansas City. Well, everybody uh, has so, an interest to come here. They have a chance to win a Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> yeah no, no duh. Uh, so, a uh, guy who, uh, you know, if, if he doesn't sign with Kansas City, Juju Smith-Schuster uh, might land with the Carolina Panthers. Spot on that. Yeah, I saw that. That was interesting to me. The Panthers are really trying to ramp up. I don't think there's any doubt about that. But um, he always said if he left here, he'd like to go back to Pittsburgh. And so I don't, you know, I I think I think they're gonna really try to get something done with him, and, last uh, and try to keep least, him here. Last but not least, all right. I I can't wait to hear. I cannot. Kansas City. You won't be. You you're gonna love this answer too, Frank. Rumor has it a running back from the Titans, Derek. Oh Henry, gosh, yes, I saw this. And coming to the Kansas City Chiefs. Thoughts on that? Uh, probably can't afford him. So I'll, you know what, I'll, I'll, I'll just leave it at that. <laughs> they probably can't afford Derrick Henry. So, so I, I, and I know we only got a couple seconds, and we'll talk more about this. It's, it's a fun thing. We'll always end the, the show with some rumor stuff. But uh, I, I think Derrick Henry is a possibility. I'll tell you why. Uh, I think he's made a lot of money, and I know he only has about two or three years left on that tread on those tires. So I think he wants to go out of the Super Bowl. And the only chance he has is to go to a place like a Kansas City or a Buffalo and give himself an opportunity to win a Super Bowl. I think he takes less money and goes and tries to win a ring. Uh, so, I, I mean, I don't think it's going to happen, but it's not beyond the realm of possibility. Okay. All right. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> you know what? If we threw some, hey, uh, Derek. If you come to Kansas City, we'll give you some free topical cream for those knees and those legs. There we go. Yeah, because he'll, pro- he'll probably need it at this point. So He would. Yeah, uh, just great, like to – yeah, go ahead. Show. And uh, so, Frank – Take us out, buddy. All right, buddy. Uh, we'll thank our friends, of course, and our great sponsor, CBD American Shaman. Don't forget all the big events coming up. We'll keep you informed about those. The American Shaman concert with Uncle Cracker and CeeLo Green and with all the NFL alums in town, the Chiefs alums. And Blaine Howard, country western singer, will be there as well. That's April 29th from 5 to 11. Localflavorkc.com on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, and Saturday. Uh, down at the Firestone Building inside the Draft Lounge. Tim will be there 3 to 5 Wednesday, 5 to 6 on Friday. Thursday will be the Big Brothers Big Sisters Draft Party. So that's going to be a fun weekend. And we got about, uh, you know, about 50 days until the draft. So there we go. We're going to. And, we, and, we, and we'll, we'll get our facts a little bit uh, straightened out. Yeah. We'll get it straightened out. Yeah. We, got a lot, we got a little time. You know what? We're, we're easing into the offseason like an old man <laughs> easing into a hot tub, right? Boy, we're going to go out on that note. You've been listening to... Chris Town!